Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience, open Saturdays only in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers and the Grass-Fed Gourmet. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. Shutting our cafe for the pandemic felt like turning off my purpose for being here. When we decided to reopen, my biggest worry was protecting my customers. This past week, I saw what they did to protect me. It was the loss of fellowship that set me off. The instant removal of my customers was a siren blaring in my brain, screaming at me that this thing that I best describe as a spiritual calling, this tiny red cafe high in the hills and far from prosperity, was suddenly as treacherous as a toxic waste site. The actions this cafe condoned were now harbingers of apocalyptic end times. <laughs> Sitting dangerously close, reckless discharging of hugs and handshakes. <laughs> Unexpected, deadly encounters between total strangers turned fast friends. <laughs> the temerarious serving of home-cooked food that hadn't first been dipped in bleach. The start of this pandemic brought me to my knees in despair. This slice of heaven and neighborliness and optimism that my family created felt destroyed. And the first three months have been devoted to visioning a way to restore it while still enabling us all to stay safe and healthy. I concluded that it couldn't be done, that it shouldn't be done. Bob and I didn't want to force the distancing. We didn't want to cook wearing masks. We didn't want to disinfect all day. We didn't feel the spirit of Sapbush Cafe could endure the squelching mandates of the CDC. Better to let it live on in memory than to ruin it, we concluded. That was our intellect at work. But my subconscious made other plans. I opened my eyes one morning four weeks ago, 
and the intellectual fact-based arguments were forgotten. I leapt from bed and turned over my shoulder before running down the stairs and called to Bob, We're opening for takeout Saturday! There are decisions that are made by thought and logic. This one was made entirely by spirit. But when we started with takeout, we did it slowly. It was an opportunity to offer nutrition, if not the full sustenance that social engagement allows. We limped along cautiously, week by week, setting up safe outside dining, reporting the changes to the liquor authorities, studying the new health codes, drafting plans, training, then drafting more plans, then adapting to more new codes. I ordered special plexiglass dividers for people to have at their tables so they could sit safely with friends. Bob removed tables and chairs, and we dutifully wore masks and gloves to roll the silverware into napkins. And then, with 48 hours' notice, we learned we could open our doors and allow people inside. I was confident by then that I knew what I was doing. We'd require reservations. We would accept people in one of five different seatings throughout the day. We'd empty the front of the house and sterilize between each seating. Except Saturday came, and only one party made a reservation. I wondered if they'd be our only guests. Maybe this pandemic really had killed Sapbush Cafe but I made the croissants and laid out my skillets and Bob organized the counter for the salad fixings. Sersha dialed in the espresso machine and Ula rolled the silverware. It would be a good practice run, I concluded, a dress rehearsal for our new disinfection rituals. But folks came, and as the tables filled, I was reminded of the independent nature of my customer base. Of course they wouldn't reserve ahead. Asking for this change in behavior will be harder than getting them to wear masks. And then I got scared, because the customers kept coming. From my place at the cooktop, I scrambled eggs and flipped pancakes and fretted about each person who walked in the door. I worried they were too close, that it was getting too dangerous, that things were getting out of control. And this was why I didn't want to open, I reminded myself. I didn't want to have to police my community. I didn't want to have to order people to stay out of the building, to wear their masks, to keep their distance from each other. Bob and I wanted this cafe to bring people together, not to force them apart. Hey there, friend, do you have a mask? Tom Edmonds was perched at his seat at the counter, enjoying his breakfast from inside the safety of his new plexiglass barrier. I didn't know who he was speaking to. He picked up his own mask and waved it. Mask! He raised his voice louder while gazing at the register. Do you need us to find you a mask? A couple of other voices came from the other tables. Masks! We all have to wear masks if we're not seated! I went to the window and saw two customers had entered with no masks. And Bob and I weren't being forced to police the situation. Our customers were doing it for us. Ula pulled two from the packages of spares we keep on hand and pushed them across the counter. A little while later, the room began to grow full once more. My heart leapt into my throat as I tried to figure out how to sort and control the situation. But by the time I got out front, the customers had done it themselves, sorting through spacing, choosing who should stay indoors and who could wait outside. I stepped out to the patio and found all three tables were spaced out, 
but full in the horrific manner that would outrage public health officials. Neighbors were visiting with each other, sharing tables, laughing, swapping stories, just as they have at this cafe for the past five years. But they had all found the plexiglass shield stacked in the side of the cafe. Each of them had partitioned off from each other as though they were in prison visits. But no one seemed to be noticing the barriers any longer. They were seeing through to each other, joyous at being together again. And I keep thinking about how the start of this pandemic had me fearing the fellowship. What brought me to despair was a spiritual crisis, this belief that I hold most fervently in my heart about the importance of community and togetherness was suddenly an anathema to survival. But now that we're rebuilding, my faith in fellowship is deeper than it was before. Because what I saw this week wasn't an insistence upon fellowship in favor of public health. Rather, it was the presence of fellowship as a force for public health. We can be together, and we can help each other to do it safely. And we will be stronger for it. podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week, I'd like to send shout-outs to my patrons Tanya Dixon and Karen Dunlevy. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to help support my work and gain access to exclusive content, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. For those of you who've been following straight along, you've learned that Sapbush Hollow Farm is losing access to our federally inspected slaughterhouses due to an influx of animals from the COVID-infected plants out west. We are trying to move our customers over to animal share CSA-style systems so that we can continue to process their meat for them. That's because we still have access to state-inspected custom slaughterhouses. These are the butchers who cut meat for hunters, homesteaders, and farmers processing their own animals. By selling CSA-style shares, they can cut our meat too. This discussion has sparked a flood of replies from farmers out there. Sapbush Hollow is far from alone in this. In the midst of a food shortage, small farmers are being barred from the legal means to bring their products to market. We need your help. Next month, the Prime Act, S-1620, s 1620 is going before the Senate. It would allow the in-state sale of small farmers' meat processed at these state-inspected custom slaughterhouses. Basically, it would enable local food processing for local food. Makes sense, right? Everyone has faced the grocery store shortages that have happened as a result of COVID disruptions within industrial food supply. We local farmers have the ability to get it to the people safely but the requirement to funnel all animals through these USDA facilities is crippling us. These custom houses are just as safe and all the sources are traceable. So please, if you like to eat, take a minute to call or write your senator and urge them to sign on to S-1620, the Prime Act, to empower the small farmers of this country to save us from the next round of food shortages. Once you've done that, please reach out to your congressional representative in the House and ask them to support H.R. 2859. H.R. 
1-800-273-8359. I have posted information about the Prime Act from the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance on the Sapbush blog. Meanwhile, as Sapbush Hollow runs out of retail USDA inspected stock, we will not be permitted to sell retail cuts. We will, however, be able to sell meat shares like whole cut up lambs, quarter and half pigs, half, quarter, eighth, and sixteenth cow shares. This year's lamb, beef, and pork harvest may have to come entirely in shares. If you haven't considered buying your meats this way, please start making plans. You can find the CSA meat shares as well as our regular stock. We do still have regular retail stock and groceries and wool products at sapbushfarmstore.com. For some good news, our COVID-19 infection rates continue to decline here in upstate New York. So the cafe is now open for dining at half capacity. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch and 5 to 8 for dinner. State regulations require that all guests wear masks unless seated at their tables. You can find our COVID safety plan at the top of the Sapbush blog. And please make reservations before you come so that we can plan accordingly and serve you safely. It is an honor to be your farmers and to help you cook at home with nourishing ingredients. If you aren't local and you're sending your food dollars to your own local farmers right now, thank you. This is going to keep our community economies going and the local food flowing, no matter what happens in the broader world. Also, as many of you will recall, we have both a tenter site and an Airbnb vacation rental. We have new protocols instituted to help enable safe vacation getaways while the pandemic rages on, which includes special cleaning procedures and increasing the time between bookings. That means we will be accepting a lot fewer guests this season, but that we are permitting longer stays. Since we're tucked away in the northern Catskills, much remains unchanged with social distancing. The hiking trails, the farm fresh food, craft beverages, and the swimming holes are all still here for your enjoyment. Hop on over to sapbush.com if you'd like to check them out. And to my fellow farmers, again, thanks for listening and thanks for the work you're doing. We're navigating through a lot of instability as a nation. Now more than ever, we need each other to be there and to hold strong. We are weaving a new food system and we're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this. We can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness. But we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember that you cannot execute your calling if you are not well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless, but we can only do what the day allows. Please be kind to each other, then get some rest so you can keep going strong tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. Have a great week. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Stay still.